Hello, hello. It's Denise from Women Beyond a Certain Age. Now, I, I say this every time, but I mean it every time. I'm so excited to talk to our guest today, who is a very dear friend of mine, Amanda Cushman. Hello, Amanda. Hey, Denise. This, and should we have to tell them, Amanda and I have known each other mm, for quite a while. Amanda lived in LA for a while, and we both used to teach cooking classes at Surface, at the beautiful Surface, that which has changed since then, but it was a wonderful cooking store, and they had a gorgeous kitchen, and everybody rented it and taught classes there because it was so fabulous. It was. I think that's when I first met you, Amanda. Yes. Yeah. Now... So Amanda has a website called amandacooks.com and people, after you've listened, you might want to go to it and read some of, there's recipes, there's information about her, there's articles she's written, there's a lot of information there, Amanda. But I was so struck and what I wanted to talk to Amanda about, because we're both in the same position. <sighs> Two years ago, I sold my house and basically retired and Amanda did the same thing moved, but on steroids, Amanda moved to Europe and retired. Yep. It's, it's a how, huge, it's huge. Huge. Amanda. So you need to tell people your plan and why, how you ended up in Holland and now you're in Spain. So please. Sure. Tell us. So ever since I met my husband, which was about 20 years ago now, maybe 21 years ago, we had, um, he's he's Dutch so he you know I was super happy that I met a European guy after meeting lots of American guys I was kind of focused on I don't want to end up in America so I was really happy that I met a, a guy that was from another country so um in a country that spoke my language English um so we were always really focused on at some point leaving America um and retiring overseas so it was like a goal in our back of our mind and it was always there even though we had 20 years to kind of get here but um he, because he inherited property in holland it was kind of a little bit of a like a an entrance you know into this into living over there and we we'd always had it uh the property was something that we inherited and we renovated and then we rented out and then at some point we decided we're getting close to that point where we need to we were ready to leave for various reasons, a, a numerous things that in America that we didn't love anymore. And we were ready to retire, but we really couldn't afford it in the United States. So yeah. we kind of felt like we need to pull the plug. We pulled it a little earlier than we thought because of um, politics. So we were ready to exit stage left. So we decided to leave a little bit earlier and we had this house in Holland that we owned and that we could take back anytime we wanted because it's seasonal like a, it's like a summer rental so we decided to just like keep it for us and we moved over and used it as a place to kind of regroup after we came from the states and just kind of have somewhere to be that's very comfortable and very beautiful and we don't have to really worry about anything and it all was it was a really nice way to kind of come over the, the ocean like a decompression when i re when i saw pictures of it i mean and here's the thing one thing that i do want to say you and your husband lived at, you lived in New York, you lived in LA, you lived in South Carolina at the end. And Miami. In Miami, you traveled around and that's, which is admirable. And also I think, I don't know if people, if people haven't done that. 
I think in the back of my mind, Amanda, I always thought I'd go back to San Francisco because my family was there and we own property there, you know. Sure. Well, then when I met my husband and you set down roots and also my business became bigger than I knew it was going to, but I could to, to all of a sudden just shut it down would have been financially not very smart. Sure. So I stayed in LA. Do you know what I mean? Sure. So I think that people, I know that it's frightening but you seem to have just gone into other cities and made you, made a career for yourself, which is inspirational. I feel like it was just something that I needed to do. I have a philosophy that's a little bit maybe different than most people. First of all, we don't have kids, which is a big deal. Absolutely. And um, we don't have ties to, to deep family ties like most people do. Um, so that's a huge thing too. And we both are the similar in that we like to travel and we like to have new experiences and we both had the idea that we would like to do a lot more in life as opposed to just settling down in one place yeah and I think because of that it kind of we spur each other on like every time I start thinking oh maybe I, we just want to stay here or vice versa we kind of push each other like no we want to have a new experience so we keep pushing the envelope I'll tell you when you said a little earlier. See, we had a second home in Ventura, a little house, and we had bought it to see 10 years ago to see if we would like Ventura enough to move here. Okay. And so, but then what happened as the market, financial market was changing, Amanda, like overnight, we realized we should sell our house in LA because it was just crazy. And then we sold, and then at the same time, we found this house. So then we sold the second one. So like overnight, do you know what I mean? We kind yeah. of made this move. I mean, I all of a sudden I said to Cindy, we're moving. And she kind of said, really? It's <laughs> dramatic. Mean, it's dramatic. You had that house with that great studio in the back with your, your food styling studio. I remember going there once in West and LA, right? Something. I miss Cindy. Okay, yeah, I did perfect. not miss the studio. That was right. a lovely little house and it was fine stuff. But you know what, once Amanda, what you and I were saying before we got on the air, so we have to say it again. I did not know how tired I was. Sure. <laughs> and I got here to Ventura and all of a sudden didn't have the same day-to-day -day stresses. And like, I don't think I got out of that chair for almost three months. Do you sure. know I, put I my do. And I feel like the same way. We take naps in the middle of the day now and I go to bed early and I keep thinking, why am I so exhausted? And then I realize I'm just recovering from my life. My God, not only working for like a thousand years, but just coming over here is such a big deal. Every day is a huge challenge. So it's tiring. And I'm giving myself that. It's okay. I can take a nap. I can go to bed at nine. It's no problem. Now, Tell us where you are now. So you stayed in Holland for a while and started, which I think is brilliant. And you had, I mean, I know you got rid of a lot of stuff when you yep. moved here. I yep. did the same thing. And you know what else? I've never missed any of it. No. I, I, <laughs> I kept thinking once in a while, I think whatever happened to that little print. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but yeah, no. we got rid of a ton. And I do miss a few things, but it's okay. It's all good. It's, I, I don't know. really miss. I don't really miss it. Yeah. You know what? I was talking to Natalie Dupree about this. You really realize it's just stuff. It's I just mean, stuff. It's to say that, but it really is just stuff. It is, and especially because it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, all that matters is your health and the person you, the people you love. That's all that matters. 
and yet we work. I mean, the only time it cracks me up with a friend of mine who's always, we shop together. We always used to shop together. Now he's at the age two. We don't shop. We just like to look at the stuff. Do you know what I mean? We, That's and great. we keep displays in stores when they need our help. But there you we, go. <laughs> I, I swear, I just think sometimes I, I think there's parts of life where you just have to buy all this stuff. And then the second part of your life, you have to give all that stuff away. Absolutely. We love it. We actually brought our stuff here, though. We brought a whole container of stuff. <laughs> like we got rid of half of it. We still brought a whole bunch. I know. So where are you now? Tell us. So where we're you're... in Valencia. We're in Spain. So we had this idea we wanted to retire in, on the Mediterranean. That was our big goal in life is to be kind of like what we had in L.A., but without the high price tag. Yes. So we decided we wanted the warmer weather and the water and to be somewhere with a beach and also to be in a kind of a, you know, a small, this is considered a small city, but it's still a city. Yeah. Um, we didn't want to be out in the country because in Holland we ha we're out in the country and I found it, uh, we both did kind of isolating and a little bit too, um, there's not much to do. So we really decided the city was better for us. So we came here right out. We couldn't come. We were supposed to come here in uh, last spring because of COVID we got stuck. So we ended up in Holland for nine months. And then we came in September. So we've, we've been here a couple of times on vacation. We really loved it. It's a really lovely city. It's a sm it's small, 800,000 people, which is not, it's just the right size. You can get around by walking and taking a bus or you can ride a bicycle and the weather's really lovely. And it's just, a, and we also thought we could handle the language. I, I, we really, we both needed to go somewhere where we could actually learn the language and not feel overwhelmed. Smart. That's so, a great tip. Yeah, because the language is doable. It's not like some languages for us, at least for me, are, are impossible. And this is one of the ones I could handle. When Cindy and I have been to Valencia, we went together to Valencia because we oh, spoke. Fun. I know. We were at a food photography thing in Tarragona. And then Cindy, we rented a car and we drove to Valencia. And Amanda, it's beautiful. Beautiful. It's a beautiful city and the food is. is fabulous. And oh man, I remember it well. And I remember when we left thinking I could go back there. Do you know what I it mean? It is beautiful. It's very, it's very livable and user-friendly. It has yep. a lovely, lovely vibe. And the people are fantastic. Now. We love it here. I bet. People that are listening what don't know is, but then, so after you got there, you found out you had to have hip surgery. Now this is just, this is now a triple whammy. It is. I mean, it's insane. Just totally kind of insane. Your footing, and then you find out you can't walk. I mean, right. when I would read your posts, I'd think, oh my God. Horrifying. Yeah. It's like horrifying. horrifying. Especially for me, I've always been super active and very physical. Yes. And right after we moved to Holland, my hips started kind of bothering me. And I was like, oh no. And I started, and then it got worse and worse. And then I saw a doctor there and he said, oh, I think you need hip replacement. And I was like, yeah, I think you're right. And then we couldn't have one because of COVID. Everything was just shut down. There was no way you couldn't even go. You couldn't even hardly get a doctor's appointment. So that got put off for quite a few months. And then we moved here and then it kind of got worse and worse. And after seeing the doctor quite a few times here, he was like, yep, you definitely need a hip replacement. It's bone on bone. I was like, oh yeah, I can feel it. I know. And then we had to wait quite a few months to have the insurance approve it. And then at the last minute they didn't approve it. And I ended up having to do a stupid GoFundMe. And the whole thing was like, a, it was actually kind of like a nightmare, but it actually worked out. 
Um, and I, it wasn't, it was just impressive that you figured out a way to solve the problem. I had to. I mean, you had to. I had to. And I just became like myself, like, you know what? There's nothing that's going to stop me from doing this thing. I don't care what anybody thinks about it or whatever it takes for me to do it. I'm doing what I need to do. Yeah. I just kind of like, I've always done in my life. You just do the next thing to make it happen that whatever it is you need to do. So I did the GoFundMe and it was super successful. You know, and, um, it worked. I think Amanda, we're taught all that. What people, what other people think of us. We're taught right. that bullshit early right. life. And I'm not being gender biased, but especially women. Men yeah aren't raised to think, you know, little boys slap somebody else or do something and they get reprimanded as children, but they're not thinking, gee, my teacher doesn't like me or my next, my next door neighbor's mommy's not going to like me. Women were taught this crap from birth that what will people think of me? Who cares? And then age, I, I like it when you said, Amanda, I have had people say to me in a similar situation, just, well, you couldn't have children. And this real soft. Like it's so sad, yeah. Sad, horrible voice. And I'll say, "Uh, yeah, I was so lucky. Thank God, right? (laughs) Because I didn't want to give those babies away. And their faces just look at me. But people, so sad. And it's all part of, when we're talking about women living their own lives and making things happen, which is why you could move to different cities. And of course, I have said this about cooking. The greatest part about being a chef or cooking is you can almost always find a job or a niche that you can make money in. You know, absolutely. You can. Absolutely. It's absolutely. I, I think that we are just programmed and we're in the same generation. We've yes. been okay. You get married and you buy a house and you have some kids, and we're all supposed to live all the same lives. But in reality, no, that's no. not no, absolutely no. It doesn't work for everybody, no. and that's okay. And it's okay, you know. Other people can do that, and it's fine. It's just not for me. Yeah, it's not for me. <laughs> exactly. I do not want to settle down. Everybody keeps saying to me, "When are you going to settle down?" I'm like, I don't even know what that means. This is the, what I like to do have new experiences. I don't know. Maybe we'll be here for the rest of our life. I don't know. We maybe we'll move somewhere else. I don't know. Now, so, so now that you're settled in Valencia, it's lovely. Your hip is better. It is. Where are you going from here? Because I need to hear what, because I, I'm having feelings. <laughs> I, well, I don't really know. We're still, both of us, I think we're still recovering and I think it's going to take at least another few months because we're still kind of dealing with a lot of bureaucracy bureaucratic crapola there's all kinds of bureaucratic stuff um i'm giving myself as much time as i need to feel like i'm ready to do something new although their inklings are starting to happen i might do some cooking classes i might do some private events there's all kinds of stuff going on here where there's that energy there's a there's like a young fun food oriented energy here there's lots of people here from all over that are doing cool kind of like private um parties and private wine tastings and like little things that their venues that they're doing out of their home so ah. there's a lot of creative stuff going on that you can kind of come in and just do your own thing i might get involved i'm not sure yet i'm still not sure if i really want to but there's part of me that does yeah i finally i it's been two years i mean it's been almost two years 
I finally feel like, I mean, I, Cindy and I've done a few projects. We do a few things. Cindy's still working. She's busy. She's always got something to do and always got something to make. Do you know what I mean? So it, but at first I really didn't have any, I, I, like you saying recuperating. All I wanted to do was like watch the hummingbirds in my backyard. Yeah. And have and get settled where you live. Yeah. And, and now we, we know our neighbors and uh, COVID hit. So I haven't, vol- I wanted to volunteer at least one or two days a week at the local food bank. And I will do that. It's just that with COVID, it hasn't been possible. Sure. Um, and it actually, and it was that they were being polite. I called and I said, well, do you still have, well, we package stuff up. And I said, well, I can come do that. And then the woman said, how old are you? And wow. I said, I'm 69. This was in the middle of COVID. She said, oh, I think we'd, we we want to make sure you, you'd be vaccinated before you could volunteer. Oh, wow. So she was, and I didn't take offense by it. I just sure. thought she was thinking, ah, crap. <laughs> right. Some old lady who's going to die in the warehouse. Yeah, she was worried about you. It was cute. It was actually, I wasn't. But, you know, so now, two years out, Amanda, and like you were saying, because you had your hip, I didn't realize, Cindy knew, at the end of my styling career, it had become, my feet hurt so much, Amanda. I mean, this is just 40 years of hard floor and never sitting down. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's all it is. Whether yeah. you're a chef, a food stylist, a nurse, a That's school right. teacher. Right. I mean, I can probably, Cindy and I, it, on big shoots, would get a 30 minute lunch. But you know, in television, they don't want to give you a break. No. And we were in charge of the cookbook production. We couldn't take more than 30 minutes. Do you know what I mean? Because everyone's standing around waiting for you as the food stylist and they all have that look on their face like, how much is this costing me? Sure. <laughs> That's a lot of pressure. A lot of pressure. So I didn't know how much my feet hurt until I got here and then I thought and I went to a podiatrist and she was so darling and young and she said what did you do in life and I was telling her and she said how long have your feet hurt I said well I think about 10 years (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't stop I had every kind of shoe everything but now two years out from being the right shoes and not standing for 12 or 14 hours my I mean I'm like I feel energized again. I feel like I I can do something. That's fantastic. And you have a new lease on life, I think. You're about to do some stuff, right? Trying to. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. I think the fun part, I love to post you, Amanda, and then you posted a couple of pictures of when you were running these huge cooking classes. And it cracked me up because you said like, sometimes I forget that I used to have a really big life. Right. I have to write, I will say this, I mean, when I think of how I used to get up at five o'clock, Cindy and I'd be leaving at 6.30, we'd get to a place. We, I mean, we had questions and fires to put out all day long, you know, and one night after another and stuff. I was as clear-headed as can be. And now I think, oh, now there was something I was going to do this morning. I know. What happens to your brain? It's crazy, right? I don't know how I did all that stuff. Really, when I think about it, I'm managing all those people and you know, having a cooking class with 75 people and somehow all the food came out and I was running around like on top of all this stuff and not having a moment of 
panic. It was all good. And now I'm like, what? What day is it? Like, what are we talking about? <laughs> that is another. I think there's several things. One, I don't think we have to do it as we get older. Yep. You know, the moment you don't have to have that stress, you yep. realize how lovely it is. And we are recuperating. I know for me, I didn't realize how much stress I was under, Amanda, because I was just so used to it. Sure. But my sleep is different. Yep. Do you know what I mean? My eating habits are different. Everything yep. is different. My everything. moods, everything is different. From not I'm more relaxed. Don't you find you're more relaxed? Well, yeah. And I don't have a shit fit about something stupid anymore. Right. Everything kind of flows. Yes. It's a lovely time. Yeah, this hysteria about stuff. The stress seems to have faded out. Like I don't really react to things like I used to. Exactly. Right. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Now, tell us about so how what are you doing? What are you in COVID? And I know the marketplace is in Valencia a little bit. Has your cooking changed, Amanda, since you've moved to Valencia? Uh, yeah, it has because of the whole way they eat here. They have a big uh, meal in the middle of the day. And then at dinner time, they usually go out around 10 to have dinner. Yes. And we're not, that's not, well, that's not for us. It's just, I can't, it's not what I want. It's just not, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not sleeping at 10 o'clock. So what we do is we go out for this big lunch now, which is really fun. They have this thing here called the menu del dia, which is the menu of the day and all the restaurants have it. So they give you like a, almost like a half price menu at all the restaurants have them. So it's really fun. You go out for lunch and you have this big lunch with wine or beer or whatever you want, if you want. And, um, it's like very, very cheap, like $10 a person. Oh, fabulous. And then after that, you're kind of like, okay, I took a nap now. So you kind of get into this whole other routine, like a siesta. You know, they all, everything shuts down for a couple hours. And then for dinner, we don't really eat dinner. We have like a soup or something really light. So my cooking, I do make dinner regularly because Herman really likes to have some food in the evening. But I don't really make dinner dinner like I used to, like a whole big meal. It's like a little light thing, maybe a soup or maybe something like an omelet or something. That sounds absolutely lovely. And it's so funny because that's how I'm cooking now, not living in Valencia though. When, I, when I've been to Spain, oh, I love to have wine at lunch, I, but we were younger. And then, you know, right. we, then we'd have this big lunch. And also then there was drunk shopping after lunch, which is what yes. I'm favorite Drunk shopping for sure. I love drunk shopping. And of course I sold most of it in my garage. <laughs> I, I've been trying just with us now, we eat breakfast separately. We'll get, each of us get something good to eat. But if I make eggs, it's different. But you know, Amanda, I've been trying to make us have our biggest meal of the day by about 2.30 or 3. Because yeah. one, I've lost a little weight, my husband. But you know what? I want to have... Uh, then the kitchen's cleaned up now. Of course, there's things to eat. There's celery sticks. There's a cheese. There's stuff to eat at, four, at five or six. But you know what? I sleep so much better when I'm not yes. full. And yes. I think all this is getting older. Do you know yes. what I mean? And, Absolutely. And well, your digestive system totally changes as you get older. And I don't want to, be, and I'm not up at 10 o'clock. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I don't want to be cleaning up the kitchen or doing any of that stuff. There's a thing now where the kitchen's like closed at a certain point. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's Which exactly great. Right. You can you can make yourself a sandwich if you want to, but I'm not I'm not involved. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna, you must be 
that's exactly what I say to my husband. Sometimes because, well, I'm not quite hungry yet. I go, well, you have your choice. You can eat now with me, or I'm going to put saran wrap over your plate and you leave you it go. on the counter. That's and right. Eat whenever you like. But that's right. It's closing. That's exactly it. The kitchen. Great. Right. I love it. After years and years and years and years and years of making dinner every single night after working, which was like just what I did. It's just what I did. I always made dinner. I'm well, happy not to make it all the time now. Yeah. I'll tell you this. COVID has been a great learning experience. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. it's been a great learning experience. I've gotten better at, you know, when I worked so many hours, Amanda and Cindy, we'd have lunch together every day. Cindy or Tiff was to, whoever was there. We'd have roasted chicken, pull, buy a roasted chicken, pull the chicken off and make a big salad. So nice. we ate that for lunch almost every day for like 20 years. Oh my God. And then I would bring some into my husband. See, I didn't cook as many dinners when I was working because I didn't cook after I'd worked all day. Sure. I didn't. Sure. And we ate takeout food, more at least two or three nights a week of takeout food. Well, sure. now when COVID happened, I got better again about planning meals and I roast my own chicken and then I make stock with it. Do you know what I mean? I said to Cindy's, and then when I was making bread for a while, I said, Jesus Christ, I could have lived on the prairie. I could have You're back to cooking again. Isn't that great though? It's so I cool. It. I love it. Because That's how I feel. Same thing. No management, no money. I'm just enjoying that. I always enjoy doing and I go shopping differently and I wander the aisles because I have time and I'm not yeah. everything done in 10 minutes. Yeah. No, no rushing. Yeah. Actually, I'm cooking a lot more complicated stuff than I used to. Well, I I up, you made fal homemade falafel. Yeah, like pull out recipes because I have the whole day now. I don't have to squeeze it into one hour, you know? Yes. I like pull out recipes that I haven't used in years. I, oh, yeah, I think I'm going to make this. And I made sushi and, you know, made the falafel and I'm making, I made my own fried, I made fried chicken. I made fried chicken since like 30 years ago because so much work, but so it was so work. worthwhile. It was so good. Ooh, that sounds delicious. <laughs> yeah. And I just feel like, you know, because I used to make things that were very quick and easy because I didn't have really time. And I also wasn't that interested in cooking at night because I'd been cooking all day. So I kind of made these like quick and easy, like here's a fish, here's a salad, here's a whatever, some couscous. Now I'm really making stuff that takes like sometimes hours, which is great. I like it. It's fun. Okay. That sounds wonderful. And I think that's very inspiring. I, I, I do know this. I've cooked things that I haven't cooked in years. Or my husband says, what's that smell? I said, I'm making like an apple tart. And he says, what? I said, I know. I said the apples needed a good home. One morning it was like Garde Manger Central. And yes. I made a pie, I made the stock, then I made a soup, then I boiled up these old vegetables and made a puree. And I thought to myself, oh my God. You're it cooking again. It cracked yeah. me Well, madam, people want to reach out to you. We put your information up when we, Cindy handles all of this. Okay. But here's something. I do want to say it again. People should go to your website, amandacooks.com. Amanda, because there's a lot of information and recipes there. Now, I didn't ask you how you got into food. I should ask you that before we say goodbye, because sure. it's a very interesting story. 
Well, I got into food, oh my God, a thousand years ago. I think I was 21. Um, I had um, a job, I got, I got a job when I lived in Boston. I went to Boston University and the easiest job to get back then was working in a kitchen. You could just literally walk in the door in any restaurant and say, I want to work here. And they say, are you really, really? Oh, okay. And they give you a job because it was so, such a horrible job. So I got a job in a restaurant in Faneuil Hall, which is this touristy, gross place in Boston where you have all these restaurants that are kind of like, kind of like, well, it wasn't fast food then, but it's like a chain. And I made popovers all day long from morning to night at this place called the Popover Cafe for like months and months. That was my job, making popovers from morning to night. Hard, I mean, I, I could never make another popover again the rest of my life. And I realized, oh, I have a little bit of skill in the kitchen because they promoted me right away to being a, like a line cook. Within a couple months, I was like a line cook. And the next thing you know, I was like in another kitchen where I was like the head, blah, blah, blah. I just felt like it was, it came to me very easily. I was very good with multitasking and the kitchen thing was really fun. And I, I knew how to work around stuff and I loved to cook. Um, my mother always wanted me to go into the food business and I never wanted to. And it kind of just fell in my lap. So I kept getting all these restaurant jobs because it was like a way of surviving. Sure. And all of a sudden it just turned into my world. I moved to New York City and the easiest job for me to get was to work for a friend of mine who was a caterer. I became her late, her like main chef. It wasn't even, I hadn't even been to cooking school yet. And I did that for many, many years before I ended up going to cooking school years later because I was just, it just was so easy. It fell in my, it fell in my lap. You know what else though, when you describe it, I mean, it, I know, see, I had not worked in a kitchen before I went to culinary school. And in fact, I was almost not, uh, in those days, the CCA, it's not like now, they wouldn't take people that didn't have some food experience because they, because the chefs were like going, these people aren't going to make it. And, you know, right. they were right in many ways. Right. So I hadn't had a job, but I'm with you. I know one thing, the moment I started working in kitchens, even when I was going to school, you have to like the chaos. Yes. You have to like the heat. I think you have to like the drama. Yes. And I think when you get promoted like you did, it's because you rise above it and look it around and think, how can I fix this? Do you know what yes. I mean? Yes. And I loved, I didn't know kitchens are horrible places. Horrible. I mean, horrible. people say, you know, I always say to people, um, you know, I worked for, I was the executive chef of one of the most expensive, famous catering companies in Los Angeles. All that meant was that I was carrying the biggest bag of garbage out at the end of the, because we had to take the garbage off the yachts. Right. There's nothing glamorous. Nothing. And no. it, nothing. Nothing. And it, it's such hard work. I mean, I wouldn't have missed a day of it, but that was another time that when I decided I'd had enough catering, do you know what sure. I mean? Amanda, I remember thinking that was really fun but I never want to do that again as long as yeah. I live. Absolutely. It's the schlepping job of the schlepping jobs of the schlepping job. You're never, you're never not covered with food. Your, your car is never not smelling like something that's spilled. There's always something that fell over that shouldn't have, that you have to pull up out of the garbage that somehow you have to resurrect and serve it to somebody. I mean, I really, I could write the caterer's nightmare handbook. Yes, of you this could. Stuff. Oh my God. You Steve, remember. Laughing like mad. And this is my favorite when you say that. I get all the way to Sydney, Australia, teaching a food styling workshop. And my the woman who had come to one of my workshops and is now one of the top stylists in Australia, incredibly talented, named Kirsty Bryson. But she picks me up and she had done a job 
And she picks me up and I get in her car and it smells like there's a dead body in the trunk. And I said to her, honey, can you smell that? Oh yeah, and she's popped those little fresheners that you put in. I said, <laughs> she said, one of my assistants spilled like the lamb stew and it's just right. come out. You know what that smells yes, like. I do. And <laughs> the best part was, when the valet, we're staying at this fancy. Oh no, oh my God. The valet jumps in the car and yes. says to us, oh, why does this car smell? Dead back and there. We <coughs> laughing so hard because I said, is there ever a time in catering or styling that your car doesn't smell? No, well, and your whole self smells. Your whole being smells. You like exude the smell of food. Please ask me all the time. Do you like? Do you like? Do you ever want to go out with a guy who's a chef? And I'm like, no. Oh my god, disgusting. <laughs> Not only do they smell, but they always have food under their fingernails, and they're kind of like skeevy. The, the food thing is just like, oh no, I never want to go out with a chef guy. No, no. <laughs> okay, I think you've said that. When Sydney and I would drive sometimes home together after a long shoot, I would say to her in the car, I'm not pointing fingers, but one of us smells. There you go. And I would come into the house and my husband one day says to me, we've been working with food, seafood all day long, Alaska. Oh. And he said, please don't sit on the couch. <laughs> and that's when I knew, and I would just drop my clothes oh, in the that's right. and go into the shower. And I that's think, right. and people think, this is so glamorous. Well, it, because of Hollywood and how they've made this big celebrity thing out of it. They, yeah. That's what yeah. they see, but they have no idea how uncelebrity it really is. <laughs> they have no idea how those people are also not glamorous when you No, work. not at all. There's nothing glamorous about the food business, no. Nothing. Well, madam, thank you so much for your time thank today. You. And I know, can people still buy your cookbook? No, what? they can, except uh, unfortunately it's because you have to buy it through me. So no, they can't because there's nothing, I don't have it on Amazon anymore. And the only people who can buy it are in Valencia because I can't ship it across the ocean. Okay, you know what? My friend Judy, Judy, you know Judy Franchini in sure. uh, Italy. She has a friend that keeps her books in America. So when people want it, they'll know. I had so, that friend too, but she sold them all last, last fall. Oh. I put up a blog, I put up a post on Facebook that my books are still available. All these people said they wanted it, and she had a whole box of them in her closet in Sausalito. So she yes. sent them out for me, and they're all gone now. All gone. Okay. Well. Which is great. I'm glad. I'm 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 good about it. You want books to sell, Amanda? <laughs> of course. Of course. Well, honey, thank you so much. Thank you. Um, if people want to reach out to us, you write to us at womanbeyond at icloud.com. We have a Facebook page. We have a website. And we archive all of the um, episodes there. So, Amanda, thank you so much. It was wonderful to catch up with thank you. Thank you, Denise. It was great to see you. Great to see you. Thank you. Thank you, Miss Cindy. Thank you. Thank you, Miss Cindy. Bye-bye. Super fun.